Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, starting reading with verse 1. When you get to that, if you would stand in reverence of the reading of the Word of God. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. The Word of God says, And it came to pass in those days, there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come together here this morning. We thank you for the reason of the season, Lord Father, of, uh, of Christ being in Christmas. Lord, we thank you for the, uh, the, ch- the birth of a child that will come to be a savior for this world. We thank you for the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary, Lord. And we uh, thank you for your redeeming grace, your love, your sufficiency. And uh, Lord, just continue to use this church, use this old needy preacher this morning. Oh, Lord, we just ask you to bless us, uh, use us in a mighty way, and, and take the scriptures, Lord Father, that you've inspired upon our hearts and use them this morning. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. amen. We want to take some time. Uh, I'll go ahead and say this. I probably won't preach this very long because uh, most of us understand it. <laughs> most of us know uh, what the Christian birth, what the, the birth of Christ means uh, to, to so many of us. Uh, uh, having Him enter into this world, a uh, uh, very simple understanding of, of what's going on here. We know that uh, uh, Mary was with a child. It was a virgin birth. Uh, we know that the angel appeared to her. Uh, we, we know they had to travel uh, 80, 90 miles or, or however long to get to the birthplace. And I almost think that maybe it was so fast that when they entered into town, she was about to have a baby. It was... Uh, it was a quick, uh, urgent time in their lives. Uh, but uh, we want to look at some of this and, uh, and sort of comprehend it and try to understand it uh, uh, with what God has placed on our hearts. And, you know, uh, I've never been the type. I can will tell you, I'm, I'm horrible uh, with keeping up with, with what I've preached. I, I really, a lot of times on Tuesday or Monday, I'll get to work and I'll pick at people that I work with and I'll say, what did you preach or preach this Sunday? And uh, they'll, they'll, they're pretty good at popping it off, but they ask me in return sometimes, I'll be like, you know, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember what I preached. And, uh, and not to say that I don't study and don't remember those kind of things, but I've gotten better at it because I've started uh, uh, recording and, and keeping up, actually listening to them over and over for myself, uh, just so I know what's going on. I started seeing a pattern in the messages. I don't know if anybody sees it, but I like to see what God is doing in our church. That matters. You know, I, don't, I just don't open a Bible and pick out and land on a verse and put my finger on that's That's not how I study the Word of God when I prepare a message. And we're right here at the end of the year, and I, I've, since I've been keeping up with it, I'd like for us to just sort of realize where the messages have brought us to this morning. And we preached for quite some time on marriage and your, 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 how you treat your spouse and how you love your spouse and, and the relationship between you and your spouse and what it means uh, and the relationship between you and Jesus and tying those two together. Uh, we had a message that was, showed you that you have a purpose in your life. And then we went into preaching the Great Commission. 
Uh, we preached the Great Commission for quite some time, showing us to go and to make disciples and to baptize. And now we've been on this, this one thought process. It hasn't been real big, but the whole thought for three weeks and three mornings in a row has been exactly what can God use. Each one of them was something that God could use in our lives. What can God use? Uh, we had brokenness. Uh, we had, uh, uh, we had uh, what you had, and we had tragedy. Those were the sort of the three things. And we, we've worked up to seeing uh, all those things. And I, I heard a message from a local preacher. I went one a Sunday night. We uh, called off services kind of early. I think it was the hanging of the greens. And I heard a message a preacher preached, and it was all over me on what can God use. I even in the middle of service, I got my phone out and texted it to myself. Uh, he just said that one little sentence in the middle of his message. And I want you to understand what can God use and finishing up this thought. And you know, I, I started thinking about what can God use. And really, I said, I could preach that all year long. I can preach that all year long. Excuse my little girl. You know, food on the floor ain't going to hurt nothing. But I have preached and thought about what can God use. God can use so many things. He's used those three things in most of our lives. I, I thought to myself, I could preach that all year next year. I can just keep going. I, God can use this. Uh, God can use that. You know, God can use this. And every one of us, you started thinking about what can really God use, and He shows it in Scripture. We see it over and over and over. Examples of things that God can use that most of us have or most of us have been through. And the very simple story of the birth of Jesus, I want you to understand all the things that God uses leading up to the birth of Jesus. Uh, God uses a virgin. He uses a virgin, a, man, a woman that has not known a man, to bring forth a child. What does God use in that? He uses a poor family. He didn't pick out somebody that was rich and famous uh, uh, living in the biggest house. Uh, he picked a poor, poor family, a virgin birth. Uh, you know what else he used? Uh, he used an old stable, a stall, a, a manger uh, to lay him in, a little feeding trough. Uh, he used some of the lowliest of lowly things uh, that we could ever imagine. Uh, put him in swaddling clothes. Uh, uh, what else did he use at the, at the birth of Jesus? Uh, we understand that there was a star that lit up that lead the wife men to him. Uh, uh, we've seen shepherds uh, had angels appear to them. Uh, they used shepherds. Uh, and we talked about it in Sunday school class this morning. Uh, I tried to be quiet, Tony. I tried to say uh, too much because it was my message this morning. But he used uh, uh, those shepherds, uh, lowly shepherds, to come and reassure and show them, yes, this is the birth of a Savior. And uh, we've seen something out in this uh, pasture. We've seen these wonderful angels come down. We know who this is. Can you not understand the reassurance, the, the pleasantness of being a, a Joseph and Mary and having lowly shepherds come out of a field and say, we know who this is. He uses so many things in our lives. He does. Over and over and over again. And I, 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 we look and we see, I'll just read 6 and 7 because there's no point in reading all those again. But 6 and 7, and so it was that while they were there, the days were compassed that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. They didn't make some kind of big scene when they entered into town and said, this is the Son of God. We've got the Son of God in this woman's belly. They didn't make no big deal about it. There 
there was no room in the inn. He had a lowly, humble birth so that we could tie our own lives together to Him. If He was born in some great mansion, I believe the people would have looked at Him differently. Oh, He's better than me. He's higher than me. He wasn't even born even in somebody's house. He was born next to some animals and laid in a trough for Him to lay in and go to sleep in and be a little old baby. That's what God uses. And I look at that, and so many of us, and I, I do, I say, why? Why does God use those things? Why does God use some of the lowly things in this world? Why does God pick a lowly things? Oh, my goodness. Every week, every month, uh, I ask myself, probably every day, why would God use a sinner like myself? Why would God use uh, uh, this church, this building out in the, in the, we call it the sticks, the woods, we ain't out in the, in the city side here. We ain't got populations of 20,000, 30,000. Why would God use a, a building like this? Why would God use a, a just simple ourselves or anything like that? And we want to look at some scripture in 1 Corinthians uh, uh, chapter 1, starting with verse 18. Well, we're going to go through 31. There's a lot of verses here, but there's some of them that mean a lot. I was only going to preach two verses out of this, and the Lord just showed me you got to back up and preach all of them because there's good stuff. In verse 18, it says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Boy, that first verse. I had to back up to that one. <laughs> it's the foolishness of preaching. Hey, I want you to understand, there's a lot of times when I get done preaching, I just said I get to church sometimes, I get to work sometimes on Monday, and I can't remember what I preached. But, uh, but guess what? Uh, a lot of you, if I called you on Monday morning, first thing, I said, you, can you tell me what I preached uh, uh, Monday morning and, and uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night? Uh, most of you, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't tell you what I eat for lunch half the time when it rolls around the four o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, you know what? I still ate. We, we need to realize that we don't have to hold a, a special place uh, uh, for thought. Uh, I, I'd love it if everybody were, yeah, I'm going to write down exactly everything Zach says and things like that. But I want you to know we still eat. We still get fed spiritually. We still have a place in our hearts uh, for the Word of God. The preaching of the cross is to them to perish foolishness. Hey, if you're not saved today or if you're backslidden, a lot of times you hear the Word of God but you just think it's foolishness. It's, it's Zach and his studies. It's uh, uh, things that he's preaching to the church. It's for them. It's not for me. Uh, and we like to pinpoint what it means and what it's for. Verse 19, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. My goodness. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. Hey, the wisdom of this world isn't going to get us a whole lot of anywhere. You know, I like to read things, and I, I well, I like to read certain things. I won't say that I like to read a lot of things. Uh, my wife will tell you I have a huge library of books. Uh, I pick and choose uh, those books, usually the small ones. I, I, I like to read those. Uh, I like to get small victories. I don't know if anybody likes to have I like small victories because it gets me the big victories later. Uh, I, I heard it said, I think it's Tom Rainer that I listen to a lot. He uses the the, the uh, verbiage. Uh, he likes low-hanging fruits. Uh, he likes those fruits that are easy to grab. you got to be able to have small victories to be able to get big victories. And, and in the same way today, uh, what can God use? A lot of times we have to realize that God can use those small victories, the simple things. Uh, God can use simple wisdom, uh, not the wisdom of the wise. I will bring nothing, nothing of, the, of the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that and the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. 
it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Praise the Lord. It's foolishness to this world that we come to this church house and worship. I want you all to know that. Hey, the world thinks that we have a foolish objective uh, that we are to seek and to go out and tell people about Jesus and see lives changed. Uh, the, the world thinks that it's a foolish thing uh, for us to get together and have choir practice uh, and get good at singing and uplifting the name of, of the Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, they think we're foolish that we spend a, a week uh, every night of the week in revivals and things like that. They think that we're foolish that we give so much money uh, to the church every week. They think it's foolish that we we sit together and we waste uh, uh, so much time and effort into building up the kingdom of God. Every one of them think that. For the Jews require a sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ, crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them that are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. I'll read that again. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness is stronger than men. When you find weakness in God, it's stronger than anything you'll ever have. You find foolishness in God, it's smarter than anything you've ever even thought of. Ain't that beauty in knowing that we have an author and finisher of our faith in Jesus Christ, a, a man that came and chose and God used him as a baby. Praise the Lord. He can use babies. He can use mangers. He can use a, a virgin birth. He can use that stable. He can use uh, so many things in our lives that all sounds so foolish. I, I look at it almost every year when Christmas rolls around and I, I look at it at different times and I look at that scripture about that birth of Jesus and I say, why? He could have came in guns blazing. He could have came in on a tank. Could have came, I don't think they didn't have tanks then. But he could have came in on top of the world. But God chose to use humbleness and meekness. But I always ask why. And the next two verses show us why. It says, for we see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Did y'all hear that? Not many noble, not many wise, not many mighty. It says, but God hath chosen the few foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. God has chosen foolishness. God has chosen weakness. God has chosen those things. And I want you to know why He chose those things. He chose a tree for, for Jesus to be crucified on. He chose three nails to put Him on that cross. He chose a crown of thorns to place on His head. He chose a, a mount called Calvary. He chose those things. Why? I want you all to know why. He chose it because He chose me. Y'all understand that? He chose Jesus Christ being born of a virgin. He chose putting Him on a cross. He chose nailing Him there. He chose Him dying. He chose to put Him in a sepulcher. He chose to raise Him three days after He died. He chose all those things. Why? For me. That's it. He chose those things because we needed it. He chose what? And the, and the whole point of this, what can God use? He can use anything He wants. He can use anybody here. He can use anything, everything. Oh boy, if you don't think God can use it for the uplifting His kingdom, you're wrong. And a lot of you sit back. If I start naming off, they say, oh, I don't think God can use that. He can. I won't even name them off because I don't want y'all to get hot. But God can use it. 
God can use tough times. God can use brokenness, tragedies, all that we've preached. He can use what you have, but He can use anything that He wants to. He can use you. He can use me. He he used all those simple things in Scripture. Why? To show of His pure powerfulness. To To show us that He could do anything that He wants to, when He wants to, how He wants to, because He loves us. That's why He chooses to do it. If you don't understand how much God loves you, Look at all those simple, small things He's used in Scripture. Look at all the simple things He's used in your life to keep you alive, to get you to church here today. You may not even want to be here. I don't know how your heart is. I don't know how how your prayer life is or how your study life is. But God uses the small things. He's chosen the foolish things to confound the wise and the chosen the weak things of the world to confound the mighty. That's how good my God is. He chose a weak, small man named Zach Stone. He did. And I still don't know why. And he's chosen a lot of y'all to do certain things. And you'll say, I don't know why he chose Tony. I don't know why he chose me, Dwayne. I don't know why he chose uh, uh, this place, why he chose to use me. But he can. Because he can. (laughs) Ain't that beautiful? He don't use you because of a a certain way that you look or how you sound or your education status or or your financial status or, or if you're married or whatever. God uses you because he can. And He will. And the base things of the world and the things that are despised hath God chosen, yea, and the things which are not to bring to naught those that are. He's chosen normal things to create big things all through Scripture. And we've been preaching on those big three things. That no flesh should glory in His presence. But of Him... Are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that gloryeth, let him glory in the Lord. Ain't that good? I don't know how to put a bigger smile on your face with a piece of Scripture like that. If you're going to rejoice, if you're going to glory, if you're going to shout, if you're going to get excited, it ain't nothing to get excited about a bowl game coming up. It ain't nothing to get excited about doing this or doing that or getting a better job or finances. If you're going to glory, you better glorify God. You better glorify Him because He's used you, because you are not important. I want you to know, I guarantee that the majority of you here, if I went to the President of the United States right now, and I asked them if they knew who you was, guess what? Wouldn't know none of (laughs) y'all. Yeah, some of us think we're important, but mostly we ain't. I tell you, I'm not very important. You go ask probably half the people in this county, you know Zach Stone, or 5% or less maybe know me, and probably know my daddy more than they know me. We are not a big thing. God has chosen you, and you're not important, but God has chosen you to do big things. He put that little baby in that manger. And I want you to know, when Mary and Joseph laid that old baby there, I think they come to the realization, first of all, they got a baby they got to take care of. Second of all, they've got a baby to take care of that's the Son of God. And they got a baby to take care of that's the Son of God. But praise the Lord, they used lowly shepherds out into a field to come out and say, you have the Son of God. Reassurance. Love. Why does God love us so much? I'm going to dip and dive and dodge all this. He chose all those things because He can. He chose simple things because He loves us. If He only chose big things, guess what? 
he never chose me, unless he's talking about weight. He wouldn't have ever chose Zach Stone if he wanted somebody with only a big degree from some kind of big school. He never would have chose me if he had to pick somebody that speaks good English all the time. Ask my wife. She has to correct me all the time. He would have never chose a lot of us if he chose solely on certain things the world thinks is important. I want you all to know we've got a church full of people that is not important to the world. Praise the Lord. We've got a church full of people that's important to God. Amen. You are important to God. God wants to use you. You are not big in this world, but praise the Lord. God uses the small things to make big things happen. If we want to do a big things in our county, we want to do big things right here in our, in our own community, we may be a small church. We may be a, a, a small people. We may be a, a not as big as somebody else, but guess what? God can use small things to make big big things. He uses the small all the way through scripture. He can use anything he wants. I don't care if we grow to be a church of 500 people. Guess what? God can still use it. I don't care if we grow down to 20 folks. Guess what? God can still use us. It has nothing to do with our size, nothing to do with anything about us. It's what God wants to use. And that's anything he wants. As they get a verse of some song ready this morning. Think about it in your life. What does God want in your life? What can God use through you? He can use anything He wants. doesn't matter what you've got. I don't care if you think you're the poorest of the poor, the ugliest of the ugly, uh, the, the, the dumbest of the dumb. Praise the Lord, I had an uncle years ago. He passed away. He couldn't read and write. But he preached the Word of God. And I never understood that until I was older. I knew a lady that was blind. I went to a, a revival and there was a blind lady playing. I remember when I was about 12 years old, one of the most amazing things I had ever heard was this blind lady playing a piano and just worshiping the Lord and her blind husband leading songs. I, if you don't understand that God will use something that's not designed for what it's going to be used for, God can use it. He used me, and I, I still don't understand. I'm a wild, crazy teenager, and my wife will testify to a lot of that. I did stupid things. I've made mistakes. I'm not the smartest. I'm not the most educated. But God gets to use me, and I don't know why. And you get to do things for God. And I guarantee most of you question why. It's because He can. If you want to do something for God this morning, it can change. We've got 2019 coming up. If you want to worship the Lord, if you want to do things in the name of Jesus Christ, it don't matter who you are, what you are, how tall you are, how much you weigh, what you know, where you live, God can use you. I ain't saying I'm lining up the line to give you a job. I'm saying God wants to use you. It may be something outside the church, inside, just God wants to use you. As we stand, what page you got, sister?